Warning, the opinions expressed on this particular podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the guests alone. They do not represent the army, the police, or anything else. Simply our opinions, no one else's. Thank you and enjoy before I forget. Hey guys, Tyree here with Before I Forget, and I want to talk to you guys a little bit about Anchor.fm. It's the platform that we're using to broadcast our podcast to you. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer, kind of like what I'm doing right now. When hosting Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes Radio, and tons more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, it's totally free. Best thing you can do if you're looking to start your own podcast is go ahead and download Anchor.fm to get started. Now, let's get to our show before I forget. Hey guys, it's Tyree with uh, Before I Forget. And this is another one of these... uh, Recordings that I'm going to do by myself. No other better way I can tell the story without any interruptions. I love Kevin to death, but this is something I've got to do on my own. So I'm going to tell you the story of what made me really lose that enchanted feeling about being a police officer. When I was working at Harbor in 2008, uh, around Christmas time, I had, I was pretty much done with all the training officers I had to work with before I was going off to 77th. Didn't have to worry about ratings or anything like that. All, my last previous two training officers were pretty good. The first one was shit. But for this particular day, I was working with this new training officer that had just gotten her stripes he just became a training officer a TO that's what they call him it was her first day out with a uh, P1 me being the P1 the probationary officer and uh, it was special it was a special day so this particular officer was pretty good looking so when I was sitting in roll call as I'm walking to the car with all my bags and crap, a couple of the other P1s comes up to me, taps me on back. Hey, good job working with her. I'm like, okay, well, whatever. Don't know what that's supposed to mean, but here we are. All I knew was I had a few days left here and I was going to 77th. I get to start over. <sighs> so... Start of the shift starts off like any other shift. She's sitting here telling me uh, things that she wants to have happen, things that I shouldn't do. Back of my head, I'm like, well, you know, this is your first day. I've been doing this for a minute, you know, in the the roles. I I knew I didn't have to worry about, you know, whatever she was saying because I'm going to take care of shit. Anyway, uh, we're on, I want to say the north side of Harbor Division. And uh, there's a call that comes out of a uh, man with a gun at a 7-Eleven. No, no. Taco Bell. So, 
we're flying, uh, we're running over to the car, a man with a gun call, it's harbor, it was later at night, odds are it's not a man with a gun, but more likely somebody that the establishment just wanted to go away, a drunk, which was typical uh, in that area at that time. So we're driving, and uh, we start picking up speed. We're going like really fast. And I'm like, oh, we're going kind of quick. I'm thinking in my head, who am I to say something to this training officer who's supposed to be in charge of the safety here? Um, I should have put my seatbelt on. I'll talk about that later in this whole thing. Anyway, we're flying through this intersections and uh, no lights on, no lights and sirens. We have our headlights on, but there's no lights and sirens on. The only way you can drive that fast in a city as a cop is if there's a code three call meaning that somebody needs help it's an emergency or uh, there's a backup call again somebody needs help you got to get there fast but you should always drive your lights on because other people driving around can't see you you're flying so here we are still flying I looked at the dashboard like kind of snuck a peek on her side the speedometer we we're going about 80 still flying it's kind of a long way to get there but I guess she's trying to impress people so we're speeding up and there's this Dodge Neon waiting to turn left going the opposite direction as us I see it fairly sure that the officer the training officer saw it but I guess it was clear that the Dodge Neon driver did not see us We've probably braked 50 feet, 60 feet maybe before we hit the car. I'm going to tell you what went through my head as this was happening. I saw the car turn. Well, let's back up. Everything felt like it happened in a split second, but I can recall the memories of what happened vividly. There, that explains it. Uh, we hit the brakes. We're skidding into this car. I look at the training officer. She has this look on her face like, oh shit, it's about to, about to hit. I try to grab the seatbelt. It's locked. It doesn't extend out. I can't put it on. I roll up in a ball with my right shoulder facing this airbag. I'm thinking the airbag's going to go off. It's going to give me a bloody nose, maybe, but I'll be okay. We hit the car. I see their faces, big eyes, two black chicks. One had uh, cornrows. I see their faces, clear as day, just before we hit. I watched the airbag explode out of the dashboard. In fast, normal motion, it takes less than a second, but when you're recording all this shit in your head I swear I watched every little stitch on the dashboard around the passenger airbag pop every single one of them slowly rip open and this airbag come out like an enormous pillow just one second it's not there one second it is there not even a second half a second is there 
So I'm like, okay, I'm going to bounce off this airbag and I'll be okay. I bounced off the airbag and I was not okay because it kind of veered me into the spotlight handle that's sitting on the passenger side. Cop cars have spotlights and there's these metal handles. It's a very dumb design. It pokes right out and uh, it can clearly screw somebody up and it I caught the uh, handle in the shoulder and that in turn bounced me off the airbag again and pushed me up and over the airbag and I smacked my head on the windshield cracked it cracked the windshield with my skull uh, it threw me back down into the seat hard my left shoulder bounced off the shotgun rack in the car so now both shoulders are screwed up the car's full of smoke from the airbag. Uh, the training officer looks okay. You know, she had her seatbelt on. She was smart. I wouldn't. Uh, tried to get out of the car. The doors were jammed shut. So I had to kick, kick my way out. And, uh, I kind of stumbled out and fell into the car. It was a Bank of America sitting on the corner. I'll never forget it. And by now, folks are starting to come out a little bit. It's late at night, San Pedro, so of course people want to see what just happened. I stumble over to the neon. They're all fucked up. Uh, bleeding, there's glass everywhere. The car almost looks like it's ripped in half. I thought to myself, what should I do now? I can't rip this car door open. I'm not Superman. Can't pull these people out. So I call for an ambulance. And I kind of stumble over to the bank door opening and have a seat. By this point, I'm clearly uh, sure that I have a concussion, at least. So the ambulance comes, other officers come, code three because it's an emergency officer needs help and they load me up into the ambulance at some point during the ambulance ride I actually black out but I uh, come back to right before the uh, we get to the uh, emergency in the emergency commanders are starting to show up asking questions I can hear them over in the training officer's room and this is what really soured me on the whole police experience I can hear the commander I think this was Captain Lindsay I can say his name now because I'm pretty sure he's retired but he was a piece of shit so here you go I was sitting there in the room and I can hear them talking are you okay yeah I'm okay she says what about Brown I don't know go check on him is he going to say anything? So now I'm hearing this. I'm like, what the fuck do they mean? Am I going to say anything? He says, I'll take care of it. 30 minutes later, he walks into my room. This is after, you know, I got checked out by the doctors. They didn't take an x-ray for some reason. Hey, Brown, how you doing? You see the fucking car I was just in? You think I'm doing good? You think I'm down for fucking happiness and laughter right now? You serious? You, you okay, man? You need any help? Bro, I can't see out of one eye. 
I have a huge knot on my head and I was just in an accident damn near killed by that training officer of yours. How do you think I'm feeling? You're wearing your seatbelt, right? No. I mean, I. at this point, if I was to say, yes, I was wearing a seatbelt, you can clearly look at the accident and the damage on the side of the car and the windshield, then you can tell I wasn't. And have injuries that would suggest I was wearing a seatbelt, no scar across the chest, nothing. There was a big crack on the windshield from my head, bashing it, because I didn't. So I say, yeah. Yeah, I was wearing a seatbelt. I'm fine. Psych. No, I didn't say I was wearing a seatbelt. I, I, I tell him the truth. No, I wasn't wearing a seatbelt. I'm not good. He looks at me a little bit closer, leans in. You're wearing a seatbelt, right? Oh, I get it now. You're trying to cover your ass and make yourself look good because I screwed up a little bit. Trying to stop yourself from having extra paperwork or having to give a brief or some shit. You don't really care about anyone's actual safety. It's just covering your own ass. I didn't answer. I just kind of veer, uh, stared off into the distance. He walked out of the room. The training officer later on comes into the room. She apologizes for what happened. <sighs> Lots of little good that's going to do. These motherfuckers let me drive home that night, right after the accident. I went back to the station, got my stuff, got in the truck, drove home. That was probably one of the biggest mistakes ever. I could have passed out, hit another car, killed a family. It's all about protecting the name and protecting the division. Of course, you know, later on, years later, and this is the really fucked up part. I had uh, hurt my neck doing something. And I had to go to the doctor to get x-rays, finally. Some you know, five, six years after the accident. And they're looking at the x-rays and they're like, Hey, did you break your neck at some point? Like, like no, what the hell you mean broke my neck? Like, yeah, you have uh, a fracture near the base of your spine or base of your skull and uh, there's a bunch of calcium deposits around it so it looks like you broke your neck and uh, it just healed <sighs> so that night could have been so much more worse apparently I broke my neck um, <laughs> I always have neck issues always have neck pain bad headaches and all that kind of stuff when I was working at Central, no, 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 take that back. When I was working at West LA, I got the chance to look for that police report. And you would never believe that when I found it, it said I was wearing a seatbelt and I'd signed the bottom of this report. I didn't sign anything, so I forged my signature. But that's what ruined or soured the police experience for me. You can't trust anybody. These people are supposed to take care of you regardless if you screw up or not. Make sure you get the right care. Instead, they're trying to cover their own asses. Lame. So, that's one story about how uh, you know things uh, 
you aren't true to yourself, you know, it can always come back and bite you later. I should have been true to myself and talked to multiple people about it before how I wasn't wearing a seatbelt and I didn't sign any paperwork. Instead of just accepting it as the wheel keeps spinning and, you know, everything will be okay for us. Hopefully they're okay for you, the officer. I love my job. I love doing it. But things like that, I didn't love. It's shitty. But hey, if you play dumb games, you win dumb prizes. And I won that prize that night. That'll be the end of this one, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, subscribe share please share send us a review we need reviews on these podcasts on these shows tell us how we're doing like type it out and send it it's not I don't want to make it seem like I'm begging but I'm kind of begging here you guys gotta let us know what we're doing we gotta get the word out spread it out so we can expand later today maybe about an hour I'm gonna be dropping the uh, Stamper episode part one actually as soon as I'm done with this podcast I'm gonna drop the Stamper episode Part one, we had a lot of fun talking with Stamper. Four hours, we could have went four more. Um, we're going to hopefully soon pick who we're going to uh, interview next. We have a huge interview coming for our 23rd episode. Hopefully this will be uh, not a, I'm not counting this towards the episodes. It's just a bonus. But our um, I believe our episode count right now is at 11 Um, good numbers from folks please keep listening again like listen and subscribe and thank you for checking out before I forget